create with Fran Sydney. Hello everyone, welcome to my show. I'm Fran Sydney and I help people to create the life that they want by using very, very good mindset and mind hacks that we can develop by listening to the podcast and putting into practice loads and lots of tips, the ones that resonate with you. And today we are going to talk about something really interesting. Maybe your problems don't come from something very, very near to your life, but they come from something very, very far, the relationship with your own mother. This is episode 108. Stay tuned. So here we are for another episode and I am really hoping to help you today because, you know, sometimes we are a little bit confused and we think, why am I like that in my life? Why am I having this problem? And now I'm going to tell you about a few problems. I'm going to share a few things that might happen in your life, in my life, and you might think, why am I doing this? And um, let's go to the first, the first thing that you might worry about that is happening in your life is that you keep having romantic partners, friends, husbands, wives that are not quite emotionally available. So they're not there. They are, they are presently with you. They are physically with you. But emotionally, they're not quite with you. And you wonder, why do I keep attracting people like that? Number two, are you self-isolating yourself? Are you making the importance of relationships very little in your life? Oh, it doesn't matter if I don't have a relationship. It's not that important. I'm very, very happy to be on my own. Number three, you don't really trust others very much. Deep down, even if you're loving and sweet and kind, you think, hmm, can I really trust this person? You don't really say to them, but you act like you don't really trust them. Maybe you fear that they might bring a change into your life, they might unsettle you. You're not settled as you are, you don't want anything to change. So you worry that anything that comes that is new might change its lovely status quo. It could also be you don't have any of these problems, but you're always on alert. You're a little bit fearful in your relationships and you worry, am I going to be left? Am I going to be in trouble with this person? Things are going to go wrong. What's going to happen now? Or you might have all good with your relationships, but you do not have any healthy boundaries. So you don't say to people, okay, that's enough. I won't have more of that. You just allow them to get you to do lots and lots of stuff. For example, you've been working for them all the time and they don't do anything in return and you have no time left because they keep putting more request on your time and you just say yes 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 so you do not have healthy boundaries you allow them to basically dictate how you're going to live your life but worry is a thing that is not on surface it's very deep deeply held so you're not saying to people this you don't realize you have it but deep down you do not have those boundaries it's something very very deep and you think well it's okay if I can do this because I love my husband or my wife, whatever, and so I want to make them happy. But are you doing this because actually you are fearful of something? This trait can also be seen if you find it really difficult to move your situation from one job to another, one house to another, a moving partnership, whatever, unless 
your parents will agree with that. There has to be this authority in your life that basically we not really have to say yes or no, but we will make sure you know how much you will hurt if you make that decision. And you know, I have quite a few clients in, in this moment that are having that issue. So it is more common than you realize that silent treatment, like saying, I'm not saying anything, but just feel that I'm not with you on this. So as I said in the beginning, if you have one, two, three, or even all of these traits, it could be that you need to recover from an emotionally unavailable mother. And how do I say so? Because if you go and read up in, you know, psychology articles and uh, therapists, blogs and whatever, you will see that there are a few patterns that tend to repeat. So let's see if it is the case for you or if maybe something else has happened in your life to make you leave your relationship in this fear and also in this desire to have approval from somebody else. So first of all, what is a mother that is not available? Now don't confuse a mother that is out for work the whole day and physically isn't there, or maybe you live in poverty, your mom is out because she needs to take care of lots and lots of things and you are left physically in this poverty situation. A mother that is not available could be one that has a, a very beautiful, gorgeous house, you go to the swimming pool, you go to your tennis court, you have amazing clothes, you go to the best schools. And when you go to parties, your mom is like, look at my amazing daughter. But your mother, at the same time, is unavailable, is emotionally absent. And it's very confusing for you as a child, as a teenager, to see this in you. You get a lot of self-doubt because um, you see these two behaviors, I'm getting so much, but where is the love? She's not really listening to me. She's not even giving me the attention that I need. You can have a really wonderful place where to live, lots of money, but still not get those words of validation that you need. When you need support, when you just feel that something isn't right, but your mother is not there to give you the hug, to tell you well done, because she just can't do that. Sometimes mothers are like that, they have their own issues, and as they grow up, they're not really able to care in a real way about their children. So they built a little bit of a wall, they're not quite responsive to the child. They don't go and pick up a child who is crying and say, oh, what's going on, can I help you? So the child struggles and wonders what's going on. And, you know, as he grows up, you, you think, you know, oh my gosh, maybe I shouldn't show my needs to anyone because my mom didn't really care. So I keep everything inside. I don't talk about my needs. I don't put boundaries because it wasn't important when I was young. And therefore you're more likely to have relationships that are not as good as they can be because you're always putting the happiness of other people completely ahead of yours because you want to keep the peace and the quiet just in case you get a problem there. When we are children, we don't really realize how parenting should be. We have some ideas, but you know, we don't really have a vast awareness of 
ourselves in the world. So as we grow up, we might go to school, university, still not realize. And then we meet the family of our husband or wife. And maybe we go with some other people, with cousins. We go for a camping trip with somebody and we see a whole family together. And we see that they are loving and they are affectionate and they are listening and they are present, emotionally speaking. And we, we think, wow, they are putting up quite a good face. And then it might take us a while to realize, well, actually, they are not putting up a, you know, a show. This is how they are. They really mean this. They actually love and cherish their children. And uh, even if I have maybe a debate, an argument, they are straight back talking to them. What's going on? And then you look back and you think, wait, but my mom wasn't like that. And, and then you realize, right, she had a problem. She was a cold person. I never thought that the behavior was abnormal. You know, I just took it as that's how parents are. And in a way, this was very, very common in the 60s and in the 50s when parents were more stern and they didn't really talk too much to children about certain things and they were kind of a, you would even use the the lay in Italian you know the vow because you had to talk to them with a lot of respect and fear and there was this distance and sometimes children didn't get praise didn't get hugs or affection because the idea was that if you spare the rod you spoil the child you have to treat them like that so they can grow up and hopefully we have changed now we are giving more affection to the child and more opportunities to speak and to express himself another thing you might notice because of the mother that wasn't quite attached to you is to have a type of attachment that is anxious or the one that is dismissive and avoidant so you decide, well, I don't need anyone because <laughs> I never needed anyone. I survived and I can do it again. You might have also noticed when you were young, if you were in need, if you were crying, if you had a pain, emotional or physical, they would turn off your mother. She would not be involved with you at all. And so you learned not to cry, not to express your emotions. You, you kept everything inside you because she saw crying as a sign of you being weak and therefore you had to learn to be very very nice and to never ask for anything and so that was interesting wasn't it you grow up thinking that's how it is i have to be quiet i have to be not seen and not heard and then you realize you know after years of therapy or meeting lots and lots of people within their own family that actually when somebody cries, it is very good to be empathetic and to go there and trying to make them feel a little bit better. Uh, if it's appropriate to give them a hug or something, you know, depends, there are so many boundaries for this. But see, it's just normal to show empathy to people, but not all people can show empathy. And sometimes we are born into a family where the mother, for whatever reason, cannot pay attention to the emotional needs of the children and and so there is a problem so when a mother is behaving in this way we can talk about emotional neglect for the child but they don't realize that for many many years and sometimes 
From outside, you would assume that the family of his children is absolutely wonderful, the children are well-dressed, their homes and the gardens or yards are kept amazingly well, so everything is fabulous. Her mother might be doing lots of service, maybe in politics, it doesn't matter, but they're not really listening to their children at all. And so even the mothers could be avoidantly attached, you know? And it could be that they simply do not like being a mom. You know, that's one of those things. Some moms are, you know, they have children and they use them like a, like a trophy or oh, something that, you know, happened, I have children. But it's not that they're really invested in them. It's just one thing that happened to them. There is somebody in the house. And, and so the child, especially when you're young, you know, up to 15, the child needs more attention, encouragement, and support. When that is missing, there is emotional neglect. And you will notice that as you grow up and you realize that your childhood wasn't normal at all. The interesting thing is that some children act in one way and some children in another way when they realize they're not going to get this attention that they really love and want love and attention because they're children. That's how they thrive. And so what we do is we realize, oh my gosh, my mom is ignoring me, she's withdrawing. So some children will become troublemakers, will be smashing things, will be throwing them, themselves on the floor. They might hurt somebody else in the family. And when they get punished and the mother is yelling, maybe it sounds weird to you, but they feel like, all right, you know, she's present now, she's paying attention. And, and that's one of the things, you know, maybe a normal parent that is not an emotionally unavailable parent could sometimes make these small mistakes. And that is that you go around in the house and it's all quiet. When you open the, the door, in the bedroom where your children are playing quietly and just leave them and say, ah, they're good now, I can go. And see what what they think now is, okay, when we are good, the parent is not paying any attention. But later on, if they start making noises, excessive noises, or maybe they have a fight, the mother comes back and now she gives them attention. So a young child will automatically start understanding and internalizing, right, my mom is not available unless I make a lot of trouble. And so he will make more trouble so he can get the attention, even if he's screaming, punishing, or even beating. And so this could also be a button to push when he's older and to get the attention. He might do something grand instead of doing small acts of love. So be careful how you talk to your children when they're young, it's too late for me now, but always make sure you praise them when they're doing something good, even if it's just well done, because then the child feels like, ah, I'm just feeling great because my mom, maybe my dad, has just praised me and this feels amazing. And we do not like to be criticized as a child. We love to be, you know, praised when we're doing something good and we don't like superficial praise that is not felt and maybe one that is based on nothing on fluff we understand when it's not right when it's fake so maybe find that balance is one of the big things that parents can do every day just look at your child and say well done for getting along well with your sister because it's one of the good things that we can do just say that good word 
and they must remember that for all their life, you never know. There are also sometimes some mothers that spend all the time complaining about their horrible day, but they're not listening to their husbands or to their children. All they do is the whole day moan, moan and vent. And if a child tries to inform the mother that something is going wrong in their life, that mother is not interested, she's completely sucked up in her own problems and so she ignores that. And that is an emotionally unavailable mother. And that hurts because the child learns that his views are not important, his situation, situation is not important and only what happens to the mother is important. He is almost responsible for making her happy. And that could linger into your adulthood and destroy that very precious relationship you make it so you feel like you will be guilty if your mother is not happy with your father so you have to always make sure you cushion them and you make sure they don't argue or anything because you know they will be bad because you're gonna be made to feel guilty now there is a big difference between a controlling mother or a narcissistic mother with one that is not emotionally unavailable and this last one is one that is not doing this on purpose. She's not sitting down there making a strategy on how to ignore the child. She has no idea. She just wants to do very little with a child because she cannot cope. She has not learned when she was younger from, from loving parents how to give love and attention. Maybe she didn't get love and attention and therefore she had to learn to cut off her own emotions and all her needs and she's gonna pass that on to her own children and unless she goes to maybe therapy or just some educational I don't know courses on something she will have no idea she will need to be taught how to identify her feelings and, and show them in an appropriate way so then the children can learn how to fill those gaps in their heart because the praise that is missing the attention that is missing it might be that one of these type of mothers, as she grows up and becomes older, she might look back and think, oh, I wish I had been you know, more loving and affectionate. And they might become excellent grandmothers. They might become a lot more loving and, and praising to their children. So they're not narcissistic. They're just mothers who have to learn how to show love and give the attention that the child needs. So not all the hope is lost. So if it is you, you are a little bit worried about having a very close connection. You tend to be isolated. You think that relationships you know, are kind of a dangerous ground and you rather think they're not that important because you're completely and absolutely fine on your own. And you are kind of repeating that pattern that when you are with somebody, they're not very much available to you emotionally. If this is you, is it possible to recover? Yes, it is absolutely 100% possible. That's the good news. So the first strategy you want to do is to go and see a therapist, hypnotherapist, maybe NLP, and get all those wounds to heal. So make sure that you get to upgrade the child to feel the praise that you didn't have as you were a child so then you can start rebuilding your personality if you find that there are gaps and you don't really know what you want because you're kind of melted with 
the will of your mother, she was kind of controlling your life in a way by not giving you anything. And so maybe you still have to work out who you are and what you actually want from life and what is going to make you happy. So that's the first step, I would say, really go and see a therapist. If it's maybe one or two sessions, invest in yourself. See if you can start to love yourself because that's always the number one step. The second part will be to get maybe a mentor, a book, a course, whatever, talk to somebody and learn what it's like to have a healthy relationship. Learn from books, learn by asking people who have been together for many years. What is that you do to show love and affection, what makes you happy? Find out from the other people and then practice with small things, with maybe a child that is in your life, with a cousin or nephew or niece with a friend that is willing to play the role play with you, just practice saying those things that are not coming out. Because if you notice, if you had grown up with a mother that was not loving or praising or affectionate, you might find it really hard to hug people, to open up completely, to give them a kiss, to say thank you and please, can you help me with this? Because you might have issues like you have such a fear of rejection that you don't even try to talk about what your views are, what you would like from life, because everything depends on this mother that would reject you or, you know, whatever. She wouldn't give you enough attention and you would feel that you were not important, you were not lovable. So after you spend some time practicing, you will see that the words that are so hard to come by, <laughs> eventually they will come with a lot more ease to your, to your mind and to your mouth as you practice and to say to people some good appreciation sentences and make them feel great. You will notice that you also feel great with that. And it's just about practice. And the mind loves what is familiar. So if you keep repeating good things when good things are happening, just make a good comment about it, it will become a habit. It won't take you very long, a few months of practice. And you will feel awkward in the beginning, but eventually this fear of sounding really ridiculous when you praise somebody will just go. Or to give a hug to a person in need, it will just go away because you are replacing a colder behavior with a much more mature and affirmative behavior. Then there is another step and that is looking at your relationships and realizing that if you do not have a relationship with anyone and there are opportunities around to date people, is it because you are closing yourself because you're worried about being rejected, not being loved and praised and empathied and you know just held with affection? Because, you know, the fear of rejection has been there for all these years. It might be still be latent. And also, maybe your mom was also a little bit, you know, rude to you. And it made you feel bad about yourself. So you might be very, very worried about being hurt by the words of this other person in your life. And so, to avoid the hurt, we need to avoid the joy. And sometimes, you know, if we don't run, run any risk, but we're not really living a life. We're just sitting enclosing our little pearl shell, but we're not really living. Is there a life like that that you want to have? That's a good question to perhaps ponder, because when you're moving from the past, 
from this mother that was not loving, you need to create a new future and you are the only person who can create this future. Nobody else can. You can do this. And I also wanted to say, it is time to take responsibility for your own happiness. Because, you know, we can't really blame every mistake that you and I have made in our life because of our mother's behavior. Yes, she was like that, and therefore we had suffered, but now we have the rest of our lives. Maybe we're 20, 30, we have so many years, even if you're 60 or 70, you can choose to live your life in a different way. We're not stuck in that way. We can change. And the only thing that we can do to change is to decide that something has to change and it has to be us. And it has to be now. So take that responsibility. Be willing to compromise, to discuss things with others, to set up your boundaries, discuss your relationship and make sure you can be all happy so you can change your relationship so it's healthier, so you're not living in fear that somebody will give you a wall of silence if you do not do what they very quietly let you know that they expect you to do. Be careful of these manipulative people that, you know, they will kind of slowly, slowly make you live a life that they want to live, but you're supposed to live your life. So don't live as a victim. Okay, so don't make your mother now feel very defensive and cause more conflict, more problem. Just because she was like that when she, when she had you as a child. Most times, these are unintended problems that she did not cause on purpose. It is better when you have a nice chat with her, nice and calm, and say how you feel about this. And try maybe to practice and see, you know, would she be interested in becoming more affectionate? Is it something that she would like to explore with a therapist? If you are close enough now to talk to her, would she want to know why she's like that? And if she's not, you can't do anything about it. You just have to let it go. Let it go and live your life because, you know, you're the only person who can live your life. So make sure you take this chance and don't give a responsibility to her for your happiness. If all this sounds very good on paper, but then you find yourself completely unable to move on from a stuck space and you're still paralyzed in your relationships or you, you cannot put any boundaries, you feel like you cannot really be happy, then come to me and we can have a free consultation call and we can talk about it and see if I can help you to open up to be happier and to design the life that you want using hypnosis, using RTT, NLP coaching, whatever tool we have, we will use it so that you can create the lifestyle that you want and the feelings inside yourself that are underpinning your happiness and your balance. It can be done and it doesn't take very long. So I'm very glad that you have chosen to spend half an hour with me today. I hope that you found this episode useful and if so, please make sure that you click like and you share it with your friend, maybe somebody who might like to listen to this, maybe you might learn something about it, maybe you might feel very crossed about it, who knows. Well, thank you for being with me today and I'll see you all next week. Take care, bye!
you have listened to Create with Franz Sydney.